we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. All right. Pure imagination. You know, I, I was going to sing Willy Wonka because that's like one of my favorite songs ever. Oh, my goodness. Rogers and Hammerstein was anointed, wasn't it? Our society conditions us to believe that success is represented by material possessions instead of good character and godly living. How how many of you know that's true? Our society makes you think that if you're successful, you should have something to show for it. Not a wife or husband, not children that are decently and in order, but you should have something material that's going to show your success by what you drive and where you live. I know pimps that drive very nice cars. I don't consider them successful. I know a drug dealer that drives a very nice Porsche. I know him personally. I wouldn't consider him successful. I know folks that live in big houses. I wouldn't consider them successful because none of their kids like them. But the world, society says, if you have it, then people are going to walk up to you and say, hey, man, oh, man, you doing it. you doing it. I'm doing what? It. <laughs> what is it? Whatever it was, it got you this car. But that's our society. It, they just want what? They, that's Instagram. Lord, have you been delivered from Instagram? I mean, can you just be on there for fun? That's not what drives you to get stuff, is it? Oh, I didn't get enough nose. First Timothy 6 and 6 says, but godliness with what? With what? Contentment is great gain. You know what contentment is? That means I'm cool with the way things are. Listen, if they never get better, I'm good. That's what Paul said in jail, staring at his own chopping block where he would lose his own head, writing a letter to the church at Corinth and saying, if I never get out of here, I'm good. I've learned to be content with whatsoever state that I'm in. Because it doesn't change God. So if it doesn't change God, God obviously knows that this should be my fate. And if God says it's my fate, then so be it. Oh, the folks ain't clapping on that because somebody saw a house this morning on Instagram that they won't. But the Bible says godliness, which is living right. Is godliness living right? Yeah, you're a godly person. You're living the way God wants. That's godliness. With what? Contentment is what? Great gain. So you've actually proven what success is if you're godly and content. Do I need to say that again? Somebody, I didn't hear enough amen, so I'm going to be country and say it again. You've proven what is godly. I mean, you've proven what is success by being godly and content. Amen. And, you know, sometimes you got to shut up in a room for a week to build contentment up. And the reason you have to do that is because you can't talk to certain people. Because certain people are making you discontent. Telling you what you should have. What you ought to have. 
or what's wrong with what you have. You know, I never really had that problem because y'all hear how loud I'm talking? I don't need this microphone to talk this loud. But usually when people used to come up to me and try to tell me what I should have, I had a plan for that. Brother, I, I, I have a plan and it's called put something on it plan. But just, just to prove something to someone else, that is getting so heavy on people nowadays. Just what other people think. This ideology has bled into the minds of Christians. Christ-like people. That's what Christian is. And it's not just Christ-like at church. You're always Christ-like. Christ-likeism. You act like him. You think like him. Let that same mind that was in him beware. In you. That's Christianity. But some Christians are starting to believe that material possessions are more important. And it has caused many of them to focus on achievements and financial gain instead of what? Marriage and child rearing. We want to know what's wrong with the children and why they're all going crazy. They've been forgotten. People on the, on the grind now till they're 50 and 60 trying to get something. And this has bled into the church and it has no place in the church. First Timothy 6 and 5 said there are per perverse disputings of men of what kind of minds? They're corrupt men, corrupt minds. They're destitute. They don't have any truth in them. They're supposing that gain is what? They're supposing that what you have is godliness. And he said, from such do what? Withdraw thyself. When we place material gain above God's plan, we do what? Sabotage the next generation and cause them to neglect their creation roles in order to achieve selfish ambitions. So when you do that, when you place material gain above God's plan, the younger generation is going to do it and they're going to do it excessively. Because what the parents do in moderation, the children are going to do what? Excessively. Proverbs 16 and 25. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the what? Ways of death. How can you have a daughter and you never try to make her a good wife? You never even speak that over her. You're going to be a great wife and mother. Because you're a mother. Like, if you're a mother, wouldn't you want her to be a good mother? As a mother? You're a father. Wouldn't you want to try to raise your son up to be a good father if that's what you're doing? You mean you don't want your son to do what you're doing? Wait a minute. This makes no sense. You'd rather he be good at your job that you're on eight hours a day than be good in the home that you are responsible for in God's eyes? So you'd rather he be a man pleaser than a God pleaser? Now he definitely has to work a job because you work a job. But then he needs to take care of a family if you're taking care of him. Don't you like when he comes to you? And asks you things and talks to you and makes you feel like you know something even though you don't know much. Don't you like being in charge of a family and feeling what it means to have that responsibility and people dependent on you that can't make it without you? 
You don't want to pass that on to him? You don't want him to have his own? Proverbs 16, 25, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So you can't train your child to be something outside of God's plan and never deal with who he was created to be. He's a man. He was created. God made a man and then said what? He said it was good, but then he said what? Man what? He should what? He should not be alone. If God said that then, and he didn't mean he shouldn't be alone this Friday night. (laughs) Don't you go twisting the scriptures. He shouldn't be alone again. No, that's not what it says. It says that man shouldn't be alone. I will make him a help meet. Meaning he needs a woman, a wife. So that ought to be something that is taught in your home. Yeah, brother, work your job. But why are you working a job? So you can buy the freshest shoes on the market? Or so you can take care of a woman? I should have heard some women say amen. What's wrong with y'all? No, that's the, isn't that what money's for? Look at some men. No. <laughs> Just a few more things I need to get before I make that commitment. <laughs> this is some people. Their world revolves around them. And that's the thinking that comes when you don't put God's plan in action in your children. So if you don't give children God's plan for them, you're just giving them the world's plan for them then they're going to constantly chase the world. By chasing the world, the world revolves around them. Yeah. In order to truly reach goals, you must imagine obtaining what you desire to achieve. Imagine it. Those thoughts are the basis of our hope that gives us faith to persevere until we receive it. So you have to imagine it. Now, you're not supposed to sit around and imagine vain things. You're not supposed to sit around and imagine having what others have. You're not supposed to sit around and imagine spending money on yourself. But you should imagine God's plan, meaning I see myself with a family. I see myself taking care of a family. I see myself as a good husband. I see myself as a good wife. I see my home being peaceful. Yeah. You have to imagine it before it can happen. First Corinthians, I mean, first Chronicles 29 and 18. Oh, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever where? In the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people. There it is. Keep this forever, the laws of God in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people. So you got to imagine it first before it can even get in the thoughts and the heart. You imagine it, right? Our imaginations are cultivated by our upbringing. What we are trained to pursue is what we usually imagine becoming. So this starts at home with the parents. So if a married couple is fighting all the time, throwing bricks and knives at each other in front of the kids, they're imagining that this isn't something I want to do. 
If the parents divorce, split up, oh man, I'm just imagining that I don't need to do this. I just need to date for, for a long time. That way I can have my fun, but I don't have to commit and worry about getting my heart broke. Oh, I'm preaching in here. This is some hardcore stuff. Yes. Our imaginations, your upbringing, cultivate. If you were raised by Satanists, you're going to imagine satanic things. But if you were raised by believers that truly believe and exercise what they believe and give examples, you're going to imagine that. You're going to want that. I want what mother and dad have. I want that. I want that more than a good job and a bunch of money. I, 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 want, I, I want that. Because you can add money and a good job to that. But it's a lot harder to try to add that to money and a good job. Oh, I'm preaching in here. Yes. Yeah. So we are trained to pursue these things. The Bible says it like this, Proverbs 22 and 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, what will happen? He will not depart from it because his imaginations have been changed. Once his imagination is changed, it will alter his behavior and his decision making. An unhappy childhood or a traumatic experience changes our imagination, which in turn does what? Modifies our behavior. Me and a friend of mine began to know that was me and Jay Bryan. We were trying to find an artist, a recording artist that's famous that came from a good home situation. No such thing. No such thing. No such thing. It's always trauma. Always trauma. That traumatic experience made that it made them imagine other things. That's why they're able to have the talent level that they have. Because they live for the talent and not for their situation. The situation was uh, messed up, so they use the talent as an escape. So they become very good at escaping from reality, which in turn gets you paid in Hollywood. Yeah, I can only imagine what happened to George Lucas. There's a reason why he's worth $5 billion, and he thought of or created over 1500 Star Wars characters all have different personalities. All of them look different. Man, what happened to you when you were a kid? Yeah, something traumatic had to happen because it changed his imagination. And now his imagination is full of things that aren't real. Because he didn't like his reality. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, what happened to them? Not only did they create a bunch of people with alter realities, but those are the people that are drawn to them. People trying to escape their own reality. You know, back before it was porn, when I used to travel and speak before it was internet porn or whatever, highly accessible, when I would pray for young folks, I was casting spirits and demons of comic books out of them. Because they elected to escape their reality. They were abused. They were neglected. They were abandoned. They were hurt in some way. So they turned to comics and tried to get the powers of the superheroes. Because if you look at the superheroes, all of them have traumatic home. They all have issues. Every last one of them. 
the more powerful he is, the worse his home life was. Yeah. It's all imagination. So your imagination starts getting twisted because of traumatic experiences. You try to escape that reality. Romans 1 and 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but they did what? They became what? Vain in their imagination and their foolish heart was darkened. So when you become vain in your imagination, your heart is darkened. What is that? That means when you start imagining things that are vain or become vain about yourself, to come to Christ, you must first what? Deny yourself. You can't be vain about yourself and follow Christ because then it becomes about you and not him. So when your imagination becomes vain, that's the first step before your actions become vain. And your heart is darkened. When our imaginations are tainted with selfish goals that contradict God's plan. And let me say this, there's nothing wrong with goals. Nothing wrong with getting a good job. There's nothing wrong with excelling in your job, moving up in the company, all those kind of things. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with you trying to make money. Nothing wrong with any of that as long as it's legal. Amen. But when it begins to consume you because of selfish goals and you begin to contradict God's plan. (laughs) Yeah, when you start getting in God's way because you're trying to gain a certain level of success, then you begin to live outside of God's will. Jeremiah 7 and 24 says, but they hearkened not nor inclined their ear, but they walked in the councils and in the what? Imagination of their what? Evil heart and went what? Backwards and not, they were counterproductive. They went backwards and not forward. Why? Because they became tainted with selfish goals that contradicted God's plan. They walked in the counsels of the evil and had imaginations, evil imaginations. Their heart became evil, and that's counterproductive. So the more vain you get, the more about yourself you become. The more about yourself you become, the less about God you are. Yeah, somebody starts telling you the God's plan. Oh, yeah, I mean, God's plan is for you, you know, uh, brother, to get a job and, and be able to take care of family. And all. oh, man, no, I don't have time for no family. I don't have time for no woman, man. I'm out here. Doc, I, I, I have to have a Benz in the next eight years. See this picture? I wrote it in crayon when I was six. I drew a Benz back then. And when I drew this Benz, I said, I'm going to have this by the time I'm 38. How old are you, brother? 37 and a half. And you're not married and you don't have any kids. You want that bed that bad? You've contradicted God's plan. God said you shouldn't be alone. So I know you've been uh, 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 whoring. Well, I didn't say I didn't have kids now. Brother, shut up. Get away from me. You're just a jive turkey. <laughs> like that's not going to happen. Brother, you contradicted God's plan, so your life is about you. And when you're that age, it's hard to pry that open and put something in it. You had bad counsel. Yeah, good counsel would have told you, brother, when you're young and don't mind working, (laughs) that's when it's time to go on and settle down and get you a woman. 
Amen. Why don't you wandering around with your eye looking at our women? Better get you one. <laughs> then we have. Then I'm gonna have to get ratchet. <laughs> have to pull a scene out of Soul Plate on you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but you you have to. You can't just make decisions without adding God's purpose in it. Matter of fact, let me, let me rephrase that. You don't add God's purpose in it. You add, your, you add what you want to do to God if it fits. Meaning if it doesn't contradict God's plan. You know, you don't want to mess with uh, nature. I was going to say mother nature. But you don't want to mess with nature. I don't know if it's a mother or a father. But you don't want to mess with nature. You don't want to fight against it. You don't want to fight against urges and feelings. You're lonely. Brother, the Bible said, if you can't contain, get you a wife. Can I keep preaching? This causes us to load ourselves down with goals that, that please people, but hinder God's plan which harms the future generation. So you're not just messing with you, you're messing with the future generation. Load it down with goals that please people. And you know, at the end of the day, when the, those people aren't around, those goals are heavy and you really want to stop. But you keep going because you, someone's opinion of you is important to you. Mama said I wasn't going to ever be done, so I'm going to go out here and I'm going to show her. Yeah. And you're weighed down by mama's opinion. Amen. And mama ain't nothing. <laughs> nothing from nothing least. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. How do, how do you even talk? I see some of these women just pushing their kids. Then you get out there, you get on the grind, and you do something. Just, well, mom, I mean, I, I think I want to be a, a stay-at-home mom, you know, because I want to really take care of the kids and stuff like you did. Oh, no, don't do what I did. Well, <laughs> so is something wrong with me? That's basically what you just said. Oh, don't do what I did. But I'm okay. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> I mean, that's what you might as well say. I would have some questions after that. My, I would be devastated. But don't push him. She, she pushing you because of the aunties. Oh, I'm preaching now. You know them aunties. When they have their little cauldron around the pot. <laughs> Let's see what sister number three is up to. <laughs> How successful are her children? <laughs> Y'all know they do that. Just comparing kids like they talking about groceries. I got a discount. I mean, my, I mean those are humans. Man, I thank God for my wife. I knew, I knew my wife didn't care. We don't care what folks think. Amen. No, we don't care. No, we're going to do what we feel God wants us to do. You worry about you and your ratchet family. Amen. 
but it ends up harming the future generation when you're all about yourself and loading people. When you're loaded down with goals that you're trying to reach, you look up, you're 40. You look up, you're 50. You haven't even accomplished them. But everything around you is a wreck because all you have focused on is trying to prove something. When the proof was right there, the thing you could have been good at, we're all good at instinctively. You're instinctively good at getting married and child rearing because God made it that way. That's your ace in the hole right there. Hey, my little kids don't look up in their father's eyes and, hey, daddy, you home from work? Yeah, yeah, I'm home. What do you do for a living, daddy? I mean, that's all you can do? You can do any better than that? Kids don't do that. Man, Vicky and Landon, they still talk about we lived in the one-bedroom apartment. We were on top of each other, four of us, all in the same room and had the time of our life. They never came to me, Dad, when you going to get you? I mean, this is all you got to do? I mean, this is it. You got the mental institution bed. You got, the, you got us over here in a bunk bed propped up with a cinder block. You got a VCR that's top loading with knobs in the front. I mean, come on. Is this it? I mean, this is it. So this is it, Daddy. This is it. Boy, they put that uh, Barney tape in that VCR. <laughs> you know, the top load, you could throw it from across the room and get it in there. It just, pow! <laughs> they didn't care! Did you care, Landon? They didn't, they didn't, they, and they had fun on that mental institution bed. That was a jungle gym slash bed. It's a combination. You didn't even know it. Oh, man, we had fun. That's the thing. Kids not going to do that to you. That's where you put your stake. That's where your worth comes from. That's your, look, somebody said, that's your report card. Right? Not your job. Society, really? The Bible says all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. You're going to let that judge you? You're going to depend on their judgment? Are you going to depend on how God grades you? Hosea 4 and 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will reject thee. And thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing that you've forgotten the law of God. Meaning, seeing that you've forgotten to do it my way, you're not going to be my priest. I'm going to reject you, but then I will also do what? Forget thy what? Your children. And he's saying this in a way to where your children are already forgotten by you because you did not apply those laws of God to them. You are all about yourself. We must fill our hearts with imaginations that coincide with the purpose that God desires for us. All that we do and imagine should be what? Submitted to godly wisdom and purpose. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. Casting down what? These are those vain imaginations. Casting them down in every hot thing that goes against God's plan. Anything that's going to mess up God's plan, you have to do what? Cast it down. When you imagine doing it, but it contradicts God's plan, you have to do what? 
cast it down. For two reasons. One, because you don't play with God and his plan. But the second thing is you're not even physically created to carry it. It's going to work its way through your body and harm you physically. Every commercial on TV is depression and anxiety and Viagra. The blue pill. You carry those around like certs. <laughs> you don't know the stress I carry. It's a dirty shame. That's what that's what it's come to. You can't watch TV. You try to watch a movie, every interruption is 60% divorce rate, homosexuality out of control. You know, two men can't can, can, can make you healthy. You sick before you even do it. You sick with the imagination before you do it. This stuff is hurting men. It's making them sick. But you got to cast down these imaginations that are vain. Summary! Man, this was good, wasn't it? Well, praise God. All right. Bring this to a close. One of the heaviest weights you can carry is the pressure of achieving goals that are superficial versus God-given. Y'all hear that? One of the heaviest weights you can carry is the pressure of achieving goals that are superficial versus God-given. In other words, doing what you want to do versus what God told you to do. Okay? God has a way for you to be healthy and wise. God has created all of us with the potential, listen to this, to achieve his creation roles. You have the potential. Man, you have the potential to come of age, get a job, go get a woman, marry her, have some children, raise them right, and create a godly legacy. That's easy. It's built in you. It's automatic. You don't have to go to school for it. Y'all don't believe me? You, You think you need a degree? God made Adam. Then he made Eve and said, go get her. God did not say, now, the way, the reason I made the woman this way See, I placed her hair the way I did because it represents... God didn't do that. He's like, here she is, go get her. Why did he do that? Because everything Adam needed was instinctively in him. It was built in him. He had the ability to succeed. He was born and made with the ability to succeed. You think God put failure in him? (laughs) God, who can never fail? No, he made it just right. All he had to do was go holler at her. E. Come on over here. No, I don't know why you're looking. I'm the only one. Get over here. (laughs) Adam was a success. He was created successful. He didn't need the world to tell him he was successful. He didn't need a job to tell him he was successful. It was built in him. As soon as a woman came, it's going to be success. So he was created with all of his potential to achieve his creation role. 
But when we add imaginations of material possessions, excessive finances, or social status and fame, we weigh ourselves down. So you're born able to make a family. Right? Male and female, you come together. You're born with the ability to make a family, but when you add material possessions, excessive finances, and social status and fame, you weigh it down. Now you're weighing God's product down and changing God's product. So it doesn't function as well as it should. These burdens are heavy and cause character issues and even health problems. But the greatest and most damaging side effect of selfish ambition is the damage it does to our progeny, which is our lineage. When you make possessions and worldly status more important than family and child rearing, I got to go back and say this again. When you make possessions and worldly status more important than family and child rearing, you are causing your children to seek the approval of the world over the approval of God. When they see you doing it, they're going to do it and it's going to be worse. When they see you setting them aside for your own ambitions, they will do superficial things to gain your approval and the approval of the world. So now they're doing things to prove to you that they are good and they need your attention. Then they're trying to approve, then they're trying to get the approval of the world. When you want the approval of the world and all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, you got to do one of those three. You have to do the lust of the flesh. You have to do the lust of the eye. Or you're going to have to have the pride of life. For the world to approve of you. Because if you have Christ, the Bible said they're going to hate you. So at some point, you're going to have to sell out to make the world like you. And he said, if the world love you, then the love of the Father is not in you. Yeah, that's how you see him. I'm a Christian. Who, who did that? Beyonce? <laughs> when they were the little group, the four girls in Houston, that she was a Christian. And, oh, I'm a Christian. Is she a, have you seen her lately? Yeah. Oh, I'll never use profanity in my songs because of Is she using profanity in her song? Oh, I'll never dress uh, uh, sexually provocative because, you know, I'm a, is she dressing sexually provocative now? Oh, I'll never worship the devil. I'll never sell out. Is she worshiping the devil and have the devil's symbols in her videos? Is she throwing up the devil's sign with her hand? Then she married the devil. H to the is O, V to the is A. She married Jehovah God. What happened to her? You think the devil going to let you use his fame and he not prove that you're his? He's going to make you introduce yourself as his. Because it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the what? That's all that's in the world. And if that's in you, according to the Bible, the love of the father or the love for the father is not in you. You didn't love God enough to stay true to him. You sold out for fame and fortune? Selfish ambition. Yeah, around the house, Beyonce heard her daddy, Matthew, talking about how he was going to be this great, famous record executive, and he was going to be a famous producer, and he was going to be famous, and everybody was going to know his name. He's talking all that about how famous he's going to get and all, all he was going to have or whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, okay, he got the fame, but he lost his family. He's divorced. Daughter can't stand him. Now she's a, a freak on film and in music. 
Was it worth it? But you see what happened? He was talking selfish ambition of what he was going to get. And he forgot to instill what is right in his children. He sacrificed his children for his faith. And you think she's not going to do the same thing or worse to her baby? But the greatest and most damaging side effect of selfish ambition is the damage it does. Oh, I read that. When they see you setting them aside for their, your own ambitions, they'll do superficial things to gain your approval and the approval of the world. God says that the world is nothing but the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. He said that if you love those things, which is the world, then the love of the Father is what? It's not in you. Vain imaginations that permeate our society are creating people that are exceedingly what? Selfish. Now, recording artists that records sinful, sexually explicit music is selfish. I've sat down with them and talked to them. Brother, your music is foul, man. You don't care what that's doing to the kids? I mean, my music just real. I mean, it's real vulgar. So when a child listens to your music and start mimicking your behavior, you don't think you're putting them at a disadvantage? I mean, I was at a disadvantage. Why would I care about them? So you really don't care about anyone but yourself. Selfish ambition. That's why they call it that. So these vain imaginations, they create people that are exceedingly what? Selfish. A pastor that won't preach the whole truth of the word is selfish. You mean you preaching for how many members you can have? Handing out cotton candy after service? You really want to fill your church up with people and not give them the truth? That's selfish. Marriage is looked up in this society, in a selfish society. It has to be. Marriage has to be looked at as an option when you're selfish. And children are deemed gold destroyers. I found that on a website of single women. Don't have children. They're gold destroyers. They'll mess your goal up. What? And they're placed in the care of others while parents grind out their worldly desires. What good is it working all day, every day, and you never even see your children? They wake up one day and they're 13, standing over your bed with a knife. When these children grow up, they will be self-centered and absorbed with their social status instead of desiring stable families and solid children. In order to fix this, we must change our imaginations and begin to envision what God desires. Then we can have the faith to establish it and deny ourselves for the sake of our family's what? Is your family's future important to you? How else do we illustrate God and the Bible unless it's through family? Psalms 24 and 3 says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or shall stand in his holy place? Only he that has what? Clean hands and a what? That's pure imagination. A pure heart who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity or sworn deceitfully. Now, while I got you standing, I wanted to talk about this swearing deceitfully because this is a mistake many of us have made. Swearing or sworn deceitfully means that you don't have the information you need to make that oath that you're making or that promise to yourself that you're making. So 
in the midst of pain, suffering, trauma, whatever, you promise yourself that one day you're going to have this, you're going to have that, one day you're going to be this, one day you're going to be that, you swore deceitfully. Yeah, because you didn't know what you were saying. You were upset, you were hurt, you were traumatized. But you made that, and the devil keeps reminding you of what you said you would have by the time you're this age or that age. Now you're on the grind trying to get that, and no one else matters. That's swearing deceitfully. So he says, he that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who have not lifted up his soul unto vanity. I mean, he's not about material things, and he hasn't made that promise to himself that he's going to get something material. The Bible says he shall receive the blessing from who? The Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. In order to get the blessing of the Lord and the righteousness of God of his salvation, you got to let yourself out of that contract. You got to let yourself out of it. I made a contract. I promised myself. I said to myself, someone said to me, I knew I would have this. I would have that. I got to have this. You got to let yourself out of that so you can receive what God has for you. That contract needs to be null and void today. You need to go back on it and say, I made that out of a, my heart wasn't right. But I want my hands clean so that God can give me what he wants me to have. Amen? Everyone bow your heads. And there may be those in here that had that, that made that contract and made that oath. And that's been looming over you. The thought of not being who you thought you should be at your age and all those kind of things. God wants to break all of that right now so that he can bless you with what he has for you. I'm going to call you up. Anyone, anyone that I'm talking to, just come up here. I'm going to pray. We're just going to pray a corporate prayer. But let's, let's release ourselves of that. I want that off your head, off your mind, out of your, I just, that needs to just be gone. We're going to leave that in this church, in this place today. Just, no, man, it, it, uh-uh. Let yourself out of that contract. Trauma does that. When you're traumatic or when you've been traumatized, when a traumatic situation has happened to you, a lot of times you just make oaths and promises and get on the grind and you forget what's important because whoever did that to you forgot what was important. But today we want to release ourselves from that. We're just going to pray a corporate prayer with you. Just come up. I just want you to come up and represent yourself, whoever you are. So we can break this contract. It's null and it's void today. We're breaking the power of it. We're breaking the grind. We're breaking who you thought you were, what you thought you should have, what they said you should have, who they thought you should be, what they said, what they put on you, what has been too heavy to carry. We're going to lighten our load real good today by dropping this off of us right now. And somebody may have done it, and they weren't even intending to do it. Somebody may have done a false prophecy on you or something at one of these false church revivals and they spoke it over you and, oh, brother, you're going to be a millionaire and you're not even a hundredaire. Don't even have a frigidaire. <laughs> you need to get that off you. Get that off you. I had a prophet, me and my wife was praying with, with this prophet, and I believe he was legit, and he went to describing my house and telling me what my house was going to look like, and at the time, we were in that apartment, and I, I don't want to hear that, and I told my wife after so I was like, I, I, re, I, I release all of that. I want it all off me because I'm not going to try to get that house. If God blesses me with it, he blessed me with it, but if we stay here the way we're in this one bedroom, we'll stay here. 
because I don't want that on me. That's too heavy for me to carry what my house is going to look like. Why would you even tell somebody that? So release it. Release it. Everyone bow your heads that came up. We're going to release it right now. I want that off my life. I don't want to be on the grind and I forget family. On the grind and I can't spend time with my children. I can't spend time with my wife, my husband. I'm on the grind trying to get something because the world says I ought to have it. Can't do that. So I want that off me right now. In the name of Jesus, I just pray, Lord, all of these, your people that have come forward, I pray right now that that contract is null and void over their lives. And we break it right now. You break it with your voice. Just say it. I break it right now. I break it off me. It's off. It's off. It's nothing I'll ever try to achieve. It's nothing I'll ever try to get. I won't raise a finger to try to achieve that because that's not my responsibility right now. My responsibility is what matters to God. My report card are these children in my life, this husband, this wife, or that husband-to-be, or that wife-to-be. That's what's important to me. That's who I'll be. So I release people's opinions right now. I release people's words right now. I release what people have put on me right now. I break every covenant and contract that was placed on my heart. Every imagination, I cast it down. And I'll only imagine the things of God and the things that God wants me to have. I won't be discontent anymore. In the name of Jesus. Now, everyone that came up, just lift your hands up right now. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for these wonderful people. Father God, that they are willing, Lord, to let go of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and most importantly, the pride of life, because you said that pride comes before a fall. Hardy heart comes before destruction. So God, we don't want to be on the path of destruction, and we definitely don't want to fall trying to rise. So I pray right now, Lord, that everyone under the sound of my voice that came up, God, that they will break those contracts off their lives and they won't be chased by opinions anymore. In Jesus' name, we pray and believe. Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124, or donate online at exministries.com.